Coming soon to a city near you, Vinitaly Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Vinitaly for free? Are you a wine trade professional interested in a sponsored trip to Vinitaly International Academy or Vinitaly, the wine and spirits exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York, and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England, and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Find out more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend, go to liveshop.vinitaly.com. Limited spots available. Sign up now. We'll see you soon. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name's Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. Oh, finally, I see Simone. I see he has a party hat. I was afraid he wasn't going to show up. Ciao, Valentina. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, everybody. Come stai? Oh, sto bene, grazie. I'm well, okay. Okay, so you guys know the drill. This is called the Ambassador Donna. It's more of a fireside chat with one of our wine, Italian wine ambassadors. Today, we have Valentina for example, and they get to choose their favorite Italian wine producer. And they'll do kind of a Q&A session for, for about an hour or so. So let me just get straight to the show today. Valentina, her name is Valentina Severinova, and she's based in Moscow. Are you back in Moscow? Uh, yes, uh, I'm in Moscow currently. Not so good weather like in Etna in autumn. Yeah, so so we won't talk about the politics because this okay, is a safe place. But um, so the weather is, is it freezing or not? It's kind of um, freezing in Verona actually today. Today, no, freezing like uh, something kind of zero plus one, maybe freezing on the weekend, but now no. Okay, so you know, um, Valentina, you've interviewed few other producers in the past, right? Still not. It's my first uh, interview. Oh, it's your first. I feel like, really? you know, I feel like you are everywhere. You have just been to Etna with the Gita Scholastica, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I was, yes. Okay. So I see some of our friends down there. Ciao, Paul, Susanna, Cynthia, Anna, Andre, and some people from the office. And then I see other people down there in the in the audience. So, Valentina, tell me why you have chosen Simone Fotti today. I know his father, but I did see Simone when I was down there. I believe it was about a year ago. Uh, yes, actually, we acquainted in Etna, in Taormina, Gourmet, and then went to the winery. Why did I choose Simone? First, uh, first of all, I liked Ivinieri wines, of course. Secondly, I find it interesting to know what young generation of winemakers has uh, to say to us about Etna now. 
as third, I always uh, admire such situation, this uh, generational continuity that is uh, common for Italy or other older old wine countries and uh, still not so common for the country I live in. Right. That's uh, the point. So how, how did you first discover uh, the wines of Salvo Forti? He's, of course, known as the Alpha of Etna. He started everything, this entire movement of the crazy Etna wines. But how did you get to meet Salvo and the winery at Vigneri? As uh, soon as I began to explore Etna, of course, uh, I learned about uh, the Pioneers uh, producers. Uh, and first it was um, Benanti, of course. And then I discovered uh, that the enologist who made these uh, wines was uh, Salva Forti and that he has his own project. And of course, I was eager to taste uh, Vigneri wines. But uh, I was a little bit unlucky that since the wine, wines are not available on the market uh, where I work, mm-hmm. um, r- really my first tasting of Vina Petra was in uh, Taormina Gourmet at the end of October. Oh, really? You hadn't autumn. tasted really, his wine before? Really, really, yes, because we have it, we don't have it available on the market and I never uh-huh. tasted it. And actually, we has um, we had ver- vertical tasting uh, of Vino Petra from almost the very beginning, year two thousand two, till uh, last vintages, and uh, that tasting really demonstrated uh, not only the complexity and uh, potential and terror, but also the difference between vintages. And the wines uh, were really stunning. And next day we went to Evinieri where I met uh, Simona also, not only Salfa. And mm-hmm. we tasted white wines and I was embarrassed uh, for the second time. And then I found out good news for me and uh, my followers that Vinieri wines would soon be available in Moscow, in Russia at the beginning of next year. And that's also why I want to interview Simone and talk about Etna to inspire people waiting uh, for these wines. Okay, excellent. So, you know, Valentina, this is also part of the VIA community. So what are the learning objectives? What should we expect to learn from your call with Simone today? Uh, we plan to discuss how to promote Etna wine uh, in the market where wine prices are higher than average. Also, we talk about uh, Etna Terra and uh, what is the future of great wines known from Mount Etna. Would be Etna Rosso or Etna Bianca. And also we plan to discuss about traditional vinification and a new approach of uh, vinification used in Etna. Okay, fantastic. So listen, Valentina, now I'm going to leave you uh, with Simone and I will mute myself and I will come back towards the um, end of the call to see if there are any questions from the audience because Elena gave me like 100 Christmas cards to sign. So I'll be doing that while listening to you. Okay, over to you, Valentina. Thank you. 
Uh, let me welcome Simone and I would like to say some words about uh, Simone's biography and uh, then we start uh, the conversation. Uh, Simone Forti is uh, Salva Forti's eldest son. He's Catania native and following in his father's footsteps from an early age, he showed a great interest in Viticulture accompanying his father among vineyards and wineries. After high school and after harvest in California, he attended, he attended uh, the prestigious wine school in Burgundy in Bonn and graduated uh, in 2018. Uh, he continued also his international experience in Burgundy and other areas of wine growing in France, such as Champagne, Jura, Loire Valley, uh, where he came into contact with the excellence of uh, French enology. Uh, back on Mount Etna, Simone is an active part of the family business, Iminieri Project, where he deals specifically with the vineyards and uh, wine growing process. In 2021, together with his uh, brother Andrea, he released his own wine, uh, Radica. We discuss it later. It's pure Grenache uh, made from uh, very old wines. So let me welcome Simona. Ciao, Simona. How are you? Ciao, Valentina. All is good. Thank you. And you? Um, I'm okay. Thanks. And uh, before we start uh, the wine discussion, I'm curious about uh, who predetermined your professional wine career. Uh, your father or mother advices from them, or did you as a teenager decide for yourself or that you would uh, make wine? Why wine? Of course, you are son of a great winemaker, but maybe you wanted to be a doctor or football football player, for example. <laughs> Very important for me was, uh, of course, uh, my my father that I considered uh, also a great teacher for me because uh, he involved me um, in his job and his passion from the beginning. I did my first wine trip in, um, in Pantelleria, so where I met another good producers very close to our philosophy. The name is Salvatore Fernandez. And uh, I also met the, the son, the, the name is Adrian, that also have the same age and the same passion today like, uh, like me. And um, I never um, boring to follow my father in, uh, in his works. He bring me everywhere, especially in um, most of the consulting he he, he did in the past for many, many ones. Uh, especially I started to work in the vineyard because my father explained to me that the first important things before everything is really to to understand the vines, to, to work, and because, which is very important for us that uh, sometimes people forget, but uh, really the, the wines we do in the vineyard. So... We need to, to take care and have most and lot of experience by, by the vineyard. And 
also for me this became natural uh, um for me to to continue the passion and the, and the work and and until now this passion brings to me to to go to study in burgundy but every the moment of my life i every time drink wine i try to learn more and more as possible because it's a very important uh, work and, and gives also the possibility to to make um uh, yeah this gives really good possibilities to to make the best work in in the world and to meet people to to have a lot of culture from uh, many different uh, country every every kind of trip or something i do is re- really uh, focused by by the enogastronomy so um, for sure my my father for me was very is very important for uh, that reason of my decision of life that sounds uh, really very cool such a wine uh, passion since childhood uh. And tell us a little bit uh, the story of your winery. Since 80s, your father worked as an enologist in Benanti and uh, consultant enologist for other wineries also. But how, when and when the project E. Vigneri was born? Yes. Uh, so my father started his wine consulting uh, many years ago. Uh, he started with an uh, important winery, the name is uh, Benanti, that you mentioned it in uh, 1985, um, when in Etna there was not uh, too many wineries, but also his, uh, his job of uh, winemaker bring him to other different uh, winery in different area of Etna, uh, the one especially where he still to work is uh, Gulfi from uh, from Chiaramonte Gulfi, um, and uh, at, at the same time in the beginning uh, he also started to create a, a team of uh, workers, and uh, 22 years ago there was the foundation of uh, Ivigneri. We inspired at this ancient association uh, uh, because. Um, this association was born in uh, in Etna in forty thirty five, and uh, my father discovered the history about this uh, this association um, many years ago. He decided to refound the the new association with uh, the important things to continue the oldest way and the tradition of uh, of Etna, and the, um, for sure the very difficult part of this uh, this work is to adapt the tradition to the uh, to, to the new area and check to put some innovation uh, in a, in a good according with the the tradition so today ivigneri is um, a team of 30 person and uh, there are other five wineries uh, that uh, work in the same uh, style of us with the same philosophy because for us it's important to continue and preserve the work uh, of the alberello and especially to work by autochton 
grapes. Because uh, the other things is that, um, especially not only in Sicily, but in, uh, in the Italian viticulture at the beginning, uh, um, there was the new uh, trend about um, uh, French varieties. Most of the, um, the new vineyard, like we know, is that uh, was planted with uh, not autochthon grapes, but with uh, Chardonnay or with other other grapes. And only from few years, uh, more and more, the customer want to drink autochthon grapes. And when my father started, this was not easier because, uh, especially when he started to produce wine, people uh, wanted and know only most of the the person know only French varieties. So this was very, very big and, and um, important work for try to have more consideration about autochthon grapes. And the Vigneri was is an important um, association also for for preserve this kind of traditional uh, way, especially also for the Alberello, because the Alberello, um, the Bushman system is a um, very difficult way of production because most of uh, the, um, the work is by, by hand. There is no possibility of mechanization. And um, most of uh, the, in Sicily, we lost the Alberello and we see more and more um, new kind of uh, cultivation like with Guyot for try to mechanize more and more the vineyard. Um, at the beginning was not really an um, easy approach to my father to try to uh, create a, a team of person and try to involve the person to work in the vineyard because when we work with the Bushwine system, this means we work 200 days of work uh, for here, so is for hectare. So these are really important uh, time um, of uh, of work, and we need to give. Um, um, uh, we need to involve the person because uh, we understand and understand that it is uh, important to to try to have more approach. Uh, by by hand that uh, instead of a big tractor for try to increase more and more the the pollution of the environment and that we call heroic viticulture but maybe you are modest and don't like uh, such uh, description <laughs> but really it's like this and Simona, Etna has, uh, you know, that Etna has a lot of recognition now and become popular in many markets. Uh, key producers like you, due to small production, hard work, uh, hard work, they sell wine on a quarter basis. Of course, it's normal, but prices for wine are expected to be high, especially in non-European uh, markets. Uh, in this regard, what do you think is uh, the right way to promote Etna wines on the market, non-European, for example? Uh, what sommelier and people like me should do to convince uh, the producer to taste Etna wines and to make it even more mainstream than now? This is a good question. Um, what I can say that, of course, uh, um, Etna was and is an important um, 
region viticulture but we 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 lost a lot of uh, years because uh, at the beginning all of the production of uh, of wine on Etna was selled and bottled and most of this wine was um, was used for for sale uh, to outside Sicily, most uh, we have a, a, a historical memory of wine was sold in uh, north of Italy and in French, especially when there was uh, the big problematic with the the phylloxera that destroyed. We know many uh, vineyards in Europe, um, and Etna continued to produce uh, wine because the phylloxera never attacked the the vineyard. So. Um, Today, Etna um, have the right consideration, and uh, and the price uh, became more and more um, expensive, especially because uh, there is a, a new trend. Everyone uh, is interested in uh, in Etna, so this is normal that there is uh, this kind of situation. Um, of course, um, Etna is very difficult region and. Sometimes we we probably we forget that is an active volcano, so we never know how for how many years we can continue to produce wine. So this can be one of the reasons why also the the wine of Etna can be very expensive. It's not only this reason because there are also many aspects why Etna need to keep an uh, important price because uh, um, I, I like you say before is. Uh, uh, extreme and also is a um, uh, heroical um, place for for grow the vineyard because we have uh, w- if we are in Sicily we never consider it in Sicily for us everything is more complicated because we have uh, the altitude um, we we have um, um, totally different uh, microclimate different soil so we can't mechanize most of the work is uh, is by hand um, all of these characteristic of course um, um, that we need we need and we want to preserve because uh, we want to keep the traditional work of it and this means uh, um, to have a lot of uh, big investment in the vineyard. Uh, for example, just for give you an about the idea, we we the cost for um, for a kilo of uh, grapes uh, we, that we um, produce by Alverello, in, we need to spend about uh, three euros for for kilo, and this is a a good price for um, the most important pr- price for preserve the territory and uh, the way of production. So after this, of course, we need to consider the other big investment we need to do for the the production about uh, the about everything. But we would like to communicate the Etna like uh, um, uh, that is difficult place and is also we have an important historical. Um, uh, um, traditional with that we need to to preserve also by the oldest vines and um, we have uh, a um, important patrimonial of uh, of oldest vines that is can considered not all but is considered a preferred loxera vines and um, i think yes that it's important to promote the Etna and try to invite more and more persons to come for um, understand how is uh, 
Aetna is exclusive and very specific. Great idea. Next time I need to come with uh, groups of people more and more. Good suggestion. And uh, if we move to the peculiarities of uh, Mount Etna, speaking about terror, of course, one, one thing is to study it and another thing to listen to the conclusions of the winemaker who works on this land. What can you tell about uh, uh, the terror of the Mount Etna and how it affects uh, the wines? And I guess that... The producers of Etna don't like comparisons with uh, Burgundy, of course, but it's fact that in blind tastings, Etna red wines are often confused with uh, Burgundy. Why, why so? What can you tell about uh, this? Uh, you, you studied in Burgundy, maybe you uh, have something to comment also from that point of view. So... Etna affects the wines every every day because, uh, uh, I said before, it's an active volcano and every eruption, especially the explosive activity, gives a lot of ash um, that arrives in our vineyard. And um, the ash is representing for us the new, the new life and the new soil, and uh, this is very important because it gives a lot of fertility um, uh, and a lot of minerals. So, um, the the most important part of Etna is, of course, is representing by by the soil that arrived directly by the the magma, no. And, and this is something really interesting because uh, we have, uh, especially in Italy, a lot of um, volcanic area, but the only one uh, where it's uh, active and we can uh, grow and work the soil uh, new is, is Etna. So we, we don't have a historical or a long, uh, long life of, uh, of soil. And this is important because also we feel the energy we feel that uh, um, there is something really special about our uh, our soil the other characteristic of course uh, i said also before there is uh, the is depending by the different microclimate and also the important discussion of the temperatures we have from the volcanoes because for us the volcano um, don't give only the soil uh, gives a lot of complexity because each part of volcano is different um, and discussion of the temperature is also something is important especially where we are because we grow in the east part of Etna um, where we we are really close to to the volcano and uh, during the the night we the temperature go down uh, like uh, 15 degrees and this helps us to keep the freshness and gives uh, um, also a good, a good acidity in this uh, in this kind of uh, way 
by by the comparison with Burgundy, um, sometimes it's true that we don't want to compare to Burgundy because, uh, of course, we're talking about um, a totally different uh, kind of, uh, of soil because the soil we have uh, on Etna, I mean... Uh, is uh, is different from Burgundy. Burgundy, we have uh, there is no calcare, so this is uh, the one um, things because we don't want to compare it to Burgundy. Probably the, um, by the taste of the elegance of uh, of the Reloma Scalese or um, something like like that, we we can we can say is can be similar in these terms, but uh, um, the important is uh, also for, for us to the wine because it's natural no? and not because it's comparable to other places like Burgundy or Baloro. Really, we we need to, and I hope by by the time, especially by the preparation of the sommelier and uh, the customer that start to drink more and more Etna, when they taste blind, they can arrive to say, okay, I feel this is Etna. Uh, nice. And you work on the eastern slope and uh, on the northern slope. And could you point out the key difference of these uh, slopes and how it affects uh, the wines? And so maybe it's more difficult to work on eastern slope where your winery or northern slope or vice versa so um yes so there are um two difference uh, or more about uh, the different slope of uh, of Etna. where uh, where we are uh, we have our winery is the east part and also is the best place where we grow caricante that is the native grapes of uh, the east part spe- specific by a small village, the name is Milo. In fact, it's the only village where uh, it's possible to produce the, um, the DOC Etna Bianco Superiore. About this, uh, we can um, consider the difference with the north slope of, of Etna, and normally we talk about of four important differences. The first is depending on the altitude. In the east part, we are in Milo, uh, 850 meters. Um, then we have uh, the microclimate that is also uh, specific because uh, we are uh, in the middle by by the sea and by the volcano. So in total, we are uh, um, like imagine ten kilometers by by the Etna and eight kilometers by by the sea. So what happened that Milo is uh, and the east part is the one where we have uh, more concentration of rainfall. Um, we calculate with our metro station about uh, 1,500 millimeters. And sometimes in like 2018, we arrive uh, 2,000 millimeters. Um, in, the, in the north sides, we have totally different microclimate and quantity of rainfall because there we calculate about uh, 800 millimeters of rainfall. So this is very important because the Nerello Mascalese can find the best place and for uh, for arrived uh, good maturity, especially because Mascalese is, um, is a native grapes. It was born in a village, the name is Mascali. And if you check in the, in the map, Mascali is uh, close to, to the sea, where we don't have this important uh, concentration of uh, rainfall. 
Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. The other important um, things is, of course, uh, the the soil. Milo is um, my geological territory is totally different by the north uh, part, especially where we have vineyard. Uh, close to Passo Pisciaro village. Um, Milo was never touched by a uh, lava flow. So this means that our soil we have there is mostly sandy. Um, and also Milo was formed by a collision of the Valle del Bove. So the big, most important uh, part of um, volcanic rocks is really uh, very, very deep. So when you, you came and you visit uh, us, um, you, you can see really in Milo this uh, big difference in terms of soil that is all sandy and is uh, characterized a lot by the ash arrived from Etna. Um, because we are close to the crater, uh, the southeast, the one is most inactive. So we really received and we have uh, uh, every day new different soil. The north part where we have Mascarese Capuccio is uh, different because it's sandy and superficially we have a lot of uh, um, uh, volcanic rocks. In fact, uh, we also call this area, we call Caldera, Calderara, because it's from an ancient crater. And so we have uh, uh, more uh, rocks in the middle. So the, we can consider the, um, the, the difference from east and north about uh, these four important uh, characteristics. And Simona, currently Red Etna wines are better known and uh, recognized everywhere. And your winery located, as you mentioned, on Eastern Slope in Milo, that it's considered the best uh, white uh, terroir. And what do you think of uh, the future of Etna wines? Uh, the great red or white wines from Etna would be are uh, more recognized and what can you tell about uh, caricante as a variety yes so by the new trend of um, etna white wines the also the new producers the new trend is to planting uh, caricante in all different slope of etna and by by the time probably this can be the caricante will be the most important grapes of etna for for the future um, i don't think this be a good idea especially because uh, like um, i said before uh, there is uh, for each part of Etna a uh, um, specific area uh, for uh, the, the native grapes. In this case, as I say one time more, Milo is representing the best place for, uh, for Caricante because uh, it's characterized by uh, what we said before in terms of altitude and, and everything. Um, this is uh, most is depend by really a commercial um, choice of a new trend about uh, white wine because caricante have um, big potential and and also can be more and more uh, uh, interesting grapes but um, is a, is a, we don't need to follow the trend 
we need to follow the past, the tradition, and respect also la, the to respect yes the each each part of Etna because um, in this way we can really uh, work and we spirited like to Burgundy, you know, because uh, if we think to Burgundy, we we know the. Um, that there is the right place for the Chardonnay, the right place for uh, for Pinot Noir, and they made this by uh, more of uh, 300 years, and they never changed uh, something because there is a new trend in terms of uh, white or red. They follow the best terroir, the best place for uh, for the grapes. We need to work in this way because we need we we can't change because there is a new commercial um, selling or because uh, there is a new trend. Because after if the trend finish, you you made the the, the wrong choice. So uh, for this, I think is we need to inspire to French style and work in that in that way. Okay, and if I'm not mistaken, please correct me. You are one of the few wineries, or maybe the only one, using uh, palmenta during the vinification process. That means, of course, that you respect uh, tradition uh, very much. And uh, why do you consider it important? And do you always follow that uh, traditional approach in your winery? We we think that uh, the palmetto representing uh, for us the the historical memories of uh, of Etna, and we have the big and important responsibility to continue to use the the palmetto. Um, we are the only, um, also because of course, uh, make the vinification of palmetto is not uh, easy, uh, not for everyone, especially if you are not uh, origin from Etna, because this is uh, something that uh, we um, we share and we we pass from generation to to generation. For us, and I need to say thank you to to my father, also to to share with uh, with me and my brother this uh, this tradition because the, the palmetto today represent also uh, um, one hundred percent examples of sustainable way of production. And w- when we produce something without use of electricity and uh, and only by the use of uh, feet and by by gravity. This represents really uh, the the good way to preserve the traditional way, and of course, we we tried to to continue the quality and keep the quality of the wine by the use where is possible of some innovation, uh, for try to uh, give a life of uh, this this wine because at the beginning the production of the wine in Palmetto was considered and was used for uh, selling all unbottled and was a wine that had a good conservation but not for a long time. So um, I hope also that the inspiration and the the Palmetto um, can be um, a style for um, more and new producers especially of uh, uh, local producers because in, in this way we arrive to give um, important um, continuity and also we can represent uh, the the oldest way of of Vietnam. Okay, Simone, and uh, you released your wine uh, called uh, Radica, which means uh, root. Uh, actually, uh, 
couple of weeks ago, I organized Etna wine tasting and we tried uh, this wine with the audience. And this wine was made with uh, semi-carbonic and it's 100% Grenache from uh, very old wines uh, ungrafted. And I'm curious about uh, why uh, did not you make this wine in a class- classic way? Okay, well, see, Radica is um, really a very young project. I started with uh, my brother Andrea and uh, it's really two years ago because uh, during uh, COVID time we... Uh, we work at uh, more than uh, usually, especially because uh, there was not uh, good possibilities of uh, such a life. And when we had the time to to go around that, now we fall, we find uh, very one of my best vineyard I saw in Edna and this is situated in the northwest part of, uh, of Edna is in Contrada Tartarashi where um, we find old vines of Grenache or Alicante because the, these grapes arrive in Sicily by Spanish colonization sixteen uh, in the 16th century and uh, what we don't understand is that these grapes is not considered in the DOC Etna, because um, fortunately also the vineyard is uh, outside. Uh, our decision uh, with um, Andrea was really to take care about these grapes and try to give more and more consideration. Um, we recuperated the uh, oldest vines and uh, the idea was to make a wine uh, especially with the Grenache, because we follow uh, and we, tr- we drank a, um, a lot of um, Grenache from different parts of French, and we really like uh, the um, the taste of the Grenache. And we say, why we 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 can try a, a semi-carbonic uh, way. Semi-carbonic means because uh, we don't do all 100% carbonic, but is uh, like 30% um, all cluster and uh, the other part of the the grapes we um, we distemp. Because the, the idea was really to give um, fruity and to have one wine that is uh, uh, easier to to drink uh, during the year. Because we would like to have an approach really young and easier. Um, probably. For the next uh, vinification, the next vintage, we can make probably two different style of Grenache. One because we aging just in uh, uh, in uh, in inox, and we also by the by during this year that we had the important uh, um, hot temperature, we arrived to produce a Grenache uh, like fourteen point five. That was not really low alcohol, but the um, the altitude of this vineyard, that is uh, 1,000 meters, gives also the possibility to have a good acidity that gives a good balance. And in the end, you don't really taste the the, the, the important alcohol. So we find that really um, good uh, balance. And uh, the idea yeah, is to just uh, press uh, to to keep the wine and uh, in in inox. The other probably vinification we would like to is also to hedging in barrels for give uh, more light and for check more uh, complexity. But really, the wine was very, as you told, yes, it was fruity, very fresh, actually. 
amazing wine and uh, wait for we wait for new project from this uh, vineyard and your site says that your wines are human could you please uh, comment uh, briefly uh, what do you mean by that uh, philosophy yes this is also um now another important uh, philosophy we we follow by by the time and for us the human wines is the manifest of uh, our one because we think is the right expression of our uh, philosophy everyone today use the word natural uh, for everything mm, but my question is uh, which is natural in the world of the wine we would like to talk about human wines because for us it's important to produce wine in an honestly way in the respect of our territory and uh, by the people that work for for us and the people also that in the hand drink our wine so we hope uh, also to to find uh, more and more human wines in, uh, in this world and uh, do you have uh, some new projects coming up in the near future in your winery well um, i i started um, to interest from few years uh, by uh, oxidative wine especially by the jura wine uh, i like really the complexity by the to keep the the wine uh, under under the floor um which started uh, to do also with uh, my my brother andrea and of course in according with uh, my my father to start to make uh, use of caricante in uh, oxidative way because we think that uh, is a um, um, good way for uh, the conservation of uh, these uh, these grapes because uh, i had uh, um possibility to to drink uh, very old uh, caricant was producing from uh, from my father uh, by the consulting of uh, with uh, penanti but also when we restored the the palmento where uh, where we we are is our oldest palmento from 1840 we find that a uh, damijan that was um, conserved like uh, jura because it was not full um and uh, my father bottled this uh, this wine and this is uh, from the vintage 1989 and we uh, drink it this wine and we say like this is jura so uh, after that we say okay we need to really study more and more about this because it is something really interesting not because uh, we we want to to make a new savagna but because the idea is really to to give new complexity and new 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 life of uh, this this grape but this is very interesting uh, remark unfortunately i didn't have such experience with uh, 1989 as you mentioned but we, when we tasted your vinia di mila 2016 it's also remind a little bit some hint uh, like uh, caricanta girard style uh simona i see uh i'll be conscious about time and see we have some questions of the audience that's why i ask you one uh, question from me and that's it i think do you know 
Um, I have no vineyards uh, 100% occupied now, or there is chance to buy one more, one, two hectares of uh, abandoned vineyards uh, and come to your land to study, uh, to produce wine. Yes, of course, there is. There are, uh, unfortunately, a lot of abandoned vineyards around Etna, and it's possible to produce more wine. What I probably hope is uh, to to see more and more um, uh, person, people from Etna, from lo- local, that decide to to produce wine in this open, uh, open te- territory. Because I think uh, um, that. Um, Etna today is very important. There are a lot of water. We count like uh, 400 waters, but uh, if we check the list of uh, local producers, it's not really too much. Most of, uh, of vineyard was um, uh, was taken by um, uh, personal producers from, uh, from everywhere. This is also very interesting for us because it gives uh, um, also... A good um, good possibility of exchange and also is gives a um, different approach and Etna for for this uh, um, is very very interesting but uh, what I would like is really to the people um, don't emigrate uh, uh, outside Sicily and try to invest more time and uh, the the force for make something especially uh, in uh, our territory for don't go far away. Thanks, uh, Simona. Um, I think uh, very good uh, comments from you. And it was a really, really real pleasure for me to interview and to meet. Of course, we should come back uh, to Etna and your winery. And I uh, give the floor. I see we have... Uh, some questions uh, from the audience. Thank you, Valentina. It was a pleasure to meet you. Okay, that's what I do. That's my whole function. I stay on so I can give you a little cheer in the end. Uh, we do have a question, one question from Paul Bologna. Uh, he says, I remember tasting an incredible sparkling wine at your estate last year. Do you want, do you think the category of sparkling wines in Etna will have a future. And then Anna, Anna, if you have a question, um, do you meet, if you want to be pulled up, let me uh, raise your hand, please, and I'll bring you up onto the stage. Okay, so the question, Simone, was from Paul yes. Malonia. He's in the audience. He came to see you last time. He was part of the yeah. Scholastica mm-hmm. the year past, and he's asking about the sparkling wine. Okay, so about the sparkling wine, yes, there is a good possibility uh, of a new new way of production, especially in a very high altitude of uh, of vineyard. I don't know now because uh, by two three years we started to see um, an increase of temperature is important. In fact, uh, the vino dice the one we just make sparkling. Uh, uh, was uh, the last vintage 2018 because uh, we decided and we started to make sparkling when uh, we have very low alcohol um, and um, today more and more producers produce 
sparkling, but uh, it uh, also is depend. And we need to identify a right place for do that because uh, um, I think that also the good grapes for make uh, uh, the sparkling is uh, for sure caricant, and probably to use Nerello Mascalese is not really one of the the best grapes for do that because you need to anticipate the the maturation for try to have more and more acidity and to interrupt the good maturity of the grapes for do something that is not really natural so um so well yes i think um, etna is depend where you are if you are uh, 1300 meters or uh, you are uh, uh, 600 meters so you are at 200 meters give you the best way the best condition for makes uh, what you want so i say that you, it's um it's vino di liche Giusto? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how many bottles do you produce of this? Allora, vino di lice, now... Vino di lice. Okay. Vino di lice, yes. <laughs> it's a little bit complicated, but uh, this name has a meaning because vino is wine. Right. And ilice means uh, oak because uh, in... Oh, oh. Um, yes. Okay. We, we say ilice in Sicilian from... Uh, the Latin name Quercus Ilex. And uh, this means because this vineyard is located uh, 1,300 meters and is in the middle by uh, oak forest. So we say this is the one we produce in the middle of the, um, this forest. Um, and of Vinodilice is a, a half hectare of vineyard and most of the vines is oldest. So we never arrive to produce uh, from the oldest vines uh, uh, one kilo. So it's every time less. With the plantation my father did in 2006, uh, with the uncrafted wines, we, um, uh, we produce a little bit more, but... W- Normally, the total production uh, every year is uh, about uh, um, 2,300 mm-hmm. bottles. And uh, like um, I said before, for uh, four years, especially the extreme, the most complicated vintage we had on it, now like 2011, 15, 16, and 18 of this wine, we made the sparkling wine. Okay. Metodo classico. Very good. So, um, Simone, why don't you give us kind of an overview of, you know, you said you make 2,000 bottles of vino, vino, Del, delicia. One more vino, vino, delicia. Uh, vino, delicia. Okay, I'll say that like 20 <laughs> times tonight. Maybe I'll get so, you make, um, I see that you also make a rosé, also vino, delicia. Is that correct? Right, it's correct, yes. And how many bottles do you produce of this? And what, what? Um, is this Nerello Mascalese? No, well, so Vino Dilice is the rosé. Right. And what and, grape are you using? Allora, this is funny because there we don't have Nerello Mascalese, we don't uh-huh. have, uh, we don't have car- Caricante, we don't have Nerello Cappuccio. <laughs> it's just most of the vines there is Grenache for sure. Oh, then, right, this is the uh, Grenache we, project. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no. Well, the Grenache project is uh, the same uh, area, but is uh, down. Is a uh, one thousand meters. The vineyard of Vinodilici is a uh, one thousand three hundred meters. Mm-hmm. And normally, the northwest west part of uh, Etna, you find more Grenache than uh, Mascalese. 
So I say um, it's a Grenache, and then we have uh, Minella Bianca and Minella Nera. That is in risk because there are just few exemplars uh, around the Etna. We have um, Grecanico Dorato, that is uh, the native grapes, native white grapes of uh, North area, no Caricante. Uh, in fact, sometimes happen to speak with a uh, few old men and we say, you, you know Caricante, people know. I know Grecanico, like uh, white grapes. We, mm-hmm. we, we don't know about Caricante because they, Caricante was never arrived until now in the north side. Then we have uh, like uh, Trebbiano, we have uh, part of Cosa di Volpe, so it's really a mix of white and red grapes. What we do uh, is uh, to harvest all in the same time. That for us is the one most difficult vineyard because we never understand when is the best moment for grow and for uh, harvest uh, everything together. Uh, and we do a rosé from the vineyard because the idea is uh, really to, to do the rosé in this, uh, this way. So I'm, I'm a little confused, Simona. Is it, is it a field blend? It's like a field blend. A, oh, okay. Yes. So there's a mixture, predominantly Grenache. Yes. Okay. Right. So it's a field blend. And how many bottles do you make of this? I said before, yes, around 2,300 bottles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's very it's similar not... to... Spumante. See, 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 with um, more or less is the same quantity. I mean, and bro- then you bro- have, okay, let's go to the whites and then you have three, three. Oh, wait, let's get to Anna's question. She wrote it. Um, her question is wines of Etna have a great potential. Do you tend to keep wine in the warehouse a few years before putting them out on the market so that uh, wine lovers would drink it with more pleasure? If yes, how long? So she's asking, you know, if you're aging the wines before, yes. for a few years before you put put it out into the market. This is for sure is something that we started to to do to try to hedging more times possible the wine before to propose to to the market. Unfortunately, it's something that we never write to to make with low quantity, especially because this represents for us an important economic investment. But for sure, if we really want to understand and also communicate the big potential of Etna, I think that is the best way to propose all this vintage. And about my, I don't know if it's short or long experience, uh, with Etna wines, uh, we really understand that the Caricante, the white uh, grapes in this case, is the one that really have uh, a good, good potential of uh, of life, especially because uh, by the longest acidity and the very low pH is uh, the the best natural conservation for, for the wine. In fact, the most oldest Vines, I the wine I uh, had the possibility to drink was uh, oldest uh, Caricante. Yeah, so you know, I think you've touched on this a little bit um, prior with Valentina. You t- you spoke about this a little bit, but I personally think that, in fact, talking to many um, wine experts, I think there's a great future future for Caricante and the because of its aging capability. Um, mm-hmm. Of white wines in Etna. What what is what is your thought on that? 
about, but you say sorry because I lost so uh, one I, part. So I think I think there's a huge, a big. Everyone, of course, talks about Nerela Mascaleze, but I mm-hmm. really think there will be a huge, um, uh, let's say, future, a big opportunity for Caricante, because, mm-hmm. especially because of its aging potential. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, mm, Caricante has this possibility, but uh, um, for gives uh, this mm, uh, important um conservation, important life, uh, it's important that uh, the Caricante need to remain in uh, the best and the native uh, place. We can't uh, plant in Caricante everywhere just because uh, it uh, can be the most important and grapes of Etna. Because uh, uh, I said before, really, um, Caricante needs of uh, Milo, of the east part of Etna, because there is... Uh, a specific microclimate, there is a specific soil, there is a specific altitude, and, and by by the past we, we know this because uh, we, we don't find uh, in Milo Nello Mascales, we find only Carigan because Nello Mascales after a few meters uh, start to have problematic for arrive at the best matter. So I think it's important to produce every grapes of Etna, the autochton, in the right uh, place. Okay. So we have come to um, a close at the moment, but just one last question. What is your, what do you consider your signature wine for uh, Ivignetti and why? This is uh, every time a difficult question for Mm -hmm. us because uh, each each wine is representing a different uh, vineyard, different style uh, and um, pro- probably the one that uh, is uh, the most uh, the main uh, important uh, for our philosophy is Ivigneri Rosso the one we make in Palmento because it really is uh, representing Rosso Tradizionale Rosso Tradizionale yes that representing the oldest way with the new way and the, we this really is uh, the um, the photocopy of uh, our uh, idea, our vineyard, and our uh, approach of Etna. Okay, great. I think we have so many other questions for you. I'm just going to bring on uh, up to the stage Laika. Ciao, Laika. She's our, of course, clubhouse manager. Laika, Ciao, what's Stevie. going on? Um, do we have more interviews this week? Uh, yeah, one more, second to the last before the year ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we've got uh, Michele Longari. Uh, is going to interview Marca Locatelli of Tenuta da Dangoris. I don't know if I pronounced it right. Um, so it's going to be on Thursday at 5 p.m. And then the last is next week um, on Tuesday, December 20. Jamie Feng will be interviewing Valeria Agosta of Palmento Costanzo at 6 p.m. Okay, fantastic. So more Etna coming your way. Yes. Thank you so much, Simone and Valentina. Great job. And... Um, um, buone feste a questo punto. You too. Grazie. Okay. Grazie. So okay, salutami tuo padre. Sì, senz'altro. Grazie okay. di tutto. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao, Ciao Valentina. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.
Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, ciao ciao.